Welcome, everyone, to the Weird World Podcast. I'm your host, Dean. I have with me special guests. Um, okay, Jack. Carrie. You're not going to take that, guys, are you? Sure. Okay. Today, Carrie is going to treat us with a mysterious story. You ready? Please. We're going to talk about a woman named Ida Wood. Okay. Ida Wood. There's Ida a joke Wood. in there. Yeah, there's lots of jokes in there, but we're not gonna, we're more mature than that. So <laughs> she's an old timey woman because uh our story starts in nineteen thirty one. And because her name is Ida. True. I think I have some relatives, old timey relatives named Ida. <laughs> Ida and Oh, don't even Shmida. say it. Nina. Okay. They were twin sisters. Twins named Ida and Nina. Yeah. I think Nina's my great grandmother. Great great grandmother. I'm assuming Hitler Youth. <laughs> no, oh goodness. No. Me. Anyway. American Boond. No. Anyway, Ida lived with her sister Mary in a rather unusual situation. They were in the Herald Square Hotel. Oh, I thought they, they I thought they married dolphins and there was they they married like two like twin dolphins and that was gonna be the story of women who married dolphins. No, I don't know why I, I thought that, that, but <laughs> you're weird. I went right there. Anyway, they had lived at the Herald Square Hotel, this is in New York City, for twenty-four years. Oof. They had a two-room suite. Why? And they had no contact with the outside world until huh. March fifth. 1931, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, 93-year-old Ida... Finally wanted her bed sheets changed. No, no. she cracked open the door and shouted, Maid, come here. My sister is sick. Get a doctor. I think she's going to die. Oh, shit. Well, she's 90. How old was there? 93, they're twins. Yeah, oh, sorry. No, I don't know. No, they're not twins. That was, that was Nina and oh, Pina and Santa Maria. It was... So, you know, but they're close, yeah. so you know. I think she might die. She's got to be what at least at late eighties, or in so. her early nineties, or yes. older. Yeah. So you know, it's probably a good thing. Well, at some point, I don't know that yeah, I would say it was a good thing. So of course, the maid summoned assistance for poor Mary, who was indeed dead. Oh. So now I feel bad about what I just said. Yeah, you should. Well, I, I don't actually. She's like ninety years old. Yeah, it's kind of the the foreseen conclusion there. So then, you know, various people were coming in to Ida's suite. This is room five fifty two. The hotel mm. manager, the house physician of the nearby hotel McAlpin, and an undertaker, who then brought two lawyers from the law firm of O'Brien, Boardman, Conboy, Memhard, and Early. Nice. Now that is the funniest thing ever. <laughs> I love that thing about lawyer firms. Yeah. Law firms, I guess they're called. <laughs> I like lawyer firms. Just give you a law firm a name rather than a bunch of names. Like Johnson Law Legal or they the Legal Eagles, Eagles or something like that. Like blah, blah, blah. National Legal Trust or, yeah. Don't, you know, right? How about Dewey Cheatham and Howe? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the body of Ida's sister Mary was laying on the couch in the parlor covered with a sheet. Also in the and room. And nothing else. Why? Sorry. Sorry, that sounded wrong. Well, think about it. They'd been living with no contact from the outside world for 24 years. What are you implying? Their yeah. their clothing was probably pretty tattered, and uh, yeah. you know they didn't they worn. didn't order it. Well, they had to have food served, things like that. They could have had clothes, you know, or Zappos for shoes, anything. They no. could. Have... Amazon delivers to hotel. Yeah, room. Carrie. Not in 1931. <sighs> not that I haven't researched it, but I'm saying I have. Uh, okay. The room was also crammed full with piles of yellowed newspapers, hundreds of cracker boxes. Mm, see. Balls of used string. Yeah, that, that that seems to be a thing with shut-ins. A yeah. lot of used string, and I don't. I, a, I don't know what it's been used for, and I don't know. I want to know. Yeah. And I don't know B, either. why just you know you have access to trash, so people. <laughs> I mean, they've made trash. People must be, have been taking out their trash, right? No. What? Apparently not. No. Come on. Stacks of old wrapping paper. I mean. Don't know how and why. Maybe they send packages. I'm not sure. Yes. And several large trunks 
Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you going to write for bodies? No, but, you know, in a hoarder place, trunks are any sort of, God. Yeah, trunks yeah. are probably like bad. Those are our, always like some real scary. That trunk is our toenails. That trunk there <laughs> is all of my cat skeletons. And that's like, my that's the haircut. Yep. It's my cut hair. I think if you put it all together, you can make a person. Well, one of the lawyers, Morgan O'Brien Jr., mm-hmm. took the initiative and began uh talking to hotel employees trying to figure out who these old ladies were. Who did the lawyer work for again? I mean, who were they employed by? Nobody. The hotel, maybe just the hotel that the undertaker, you know, brought people, brought brought them in. I think Uh, I'll bring some lawyers with me. Maybe a plumber, (laughs) an accountant, and possibly a sports (laughs) agent. I'm not sure, just in case they're needed. It it makes more sense with the hotel because yeah, because you figured they're paying their bill somehow, so they've got money. Oh yeah, okay. So it might be the family lawyer or something, right? The legal maybe from way back when. No, no, nope. This mysterious lawyer. They are very. Man. I know. I'm. I'm obsessed well, with the lawyer thing. Because this lawyer Morgan O'Brien, he he was then going to have to figure out who they were, why they were living in a hotel. Yeah. I guess the so the hotel management asked no questions as long as they uh, as long as they paid their bill. Yeah, okay. yeah. Huh. Which apparently they did in cash. So, so they had a bunch of cash. Yeah. How were they not robbed? That's the kind of thing they would get out and go, okay, they must have a bunch of cash in that room. They're two old ladies. We're robbing yeah. them tonight, bellboy and fellow bellboy and bellhop. And I'm just, or, or even assistant manager. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a, it's a class thing. It was probably the assistant manager who did it. Well, I'm going to <gasps> Maybe the trunks have the pe- the bodies of the people who tried to, to rob, rob them over them. the years because they're badass chicks. They knifed them in the spine. And Badass took brain. care of business. I like it. <laughs> That's how we're going with in the movie version anyway. Yeah. It's okay. called Artistic License. Well, anyway, here's some of the stuff that Morgan was able to find out. The manager of the hotel said he had worked at the hotel for seven years and had never seen them. Hmm. Ida or Mary. But his records indicated that they had moved into the two-room suite in 1907. And this is 1931. 31. Along with... Ida's daughter, Emma. Oh. But Emma had already died. Oh. She died. Typhus. In a hospital. I don't know what of. Tuberculosis. In, in 1928. So just three years earlier. And she was 71. Yeah. It was a good age to die back then. Back that's then, probably That's yeah. probably more than the average age. 71? Yeah. Yeah. Back then? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They always pay their bills in cash. The fifth floor maid said she hadn't ever gotten into the sister suite at all, and only twice had she been able to persuade them to hand over dirty sheets and towels <sighs> and accept clean ones through a crack in the door. <sighs> in how many years? Just one maid. She it didn't say how how long she. But lived presumably there. that made years. But yeah. Oh. Yep. Gross. A bellhop said that for many years it was his habit he just to knock on the door once a day and ask them if they wanted anything every day they would ask for the same things evaporated milk crackers coffee bacon and eggs which they cooked in like a little makeshift kitchenette in the bathroom oh, and occasionally they never heard of top ramen no nope. seems like a, a hot pockets also they did not a, i'm sure they had a microwave so they can make some hot pockets nope Occasionally, they'd ask for fish, which they ate raw. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know how they know this. Maybe yeah, they how they know they ate raw? It. Absolutely. If Put they it in were a cooking stew. their bacon, they could have cooked their fish. Absolutely. Maybe. I think they but cooked their fish. Maybe they because they never smelled I mean, cooked fish. came from the bellboy. But. These are some freak-ass bitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like them. I do, too. They killed a lot of the intruders. They the killed intruders. It's a little bit too, like, gollum to me. The, a little bit, yes. Did they have a ring? No. I don't Always tipped the bellhop 10 cents, <laughs> telling him that money was the last thing she had in the world. So she didn't want him to. I would have called her bullshit. Wait, what does that mean? How you're... Like, you basically, hear? I'm giving you my last 10 cents. Oh, well, that's an obvious lie. Every day. On the second day, right? and then the third day, and then the fourth mm-hmm. day. Yeah. But then also, bitch, you're paying for this hotel. Yeah. Mm. And your crackers and evaporated milk and bacon. And occasional raw fish. But could you imagine? No vegetables. No fruit. No. And they live to 90. Don't say that. Yeah. No sweet potato. No. No nothing. No kale. 
No, Although, you know, broccoli's very isn't good. Isn't eggs one of those things that yes. is a good thing to eat? You know, eggs you and only have one thing. It's like you, if you ate eggs and bananas, I think, and water, you could live forever. Not, okay, I'd, not I'd, technically forever. <laughs> that, that's an exaggeration. Throw a but, potato in there. But uh, you would have all like your nutrition, like sufficient nutrition to thrive. Yeah. Or at least survive. Yeah. Wouldn't they have rickets? You would think so. The sun. Some vitamin C. No, vitamin D. And C. I'm thinking of scurvy. Me too. Okay, there. Rickets and scurvy. <laughs> or rickets might be vitamin A, actually, so let me not. Well, they had occasionally a polar bear liver, and that had plenty of vitamin A for them. Huh. Apparently, they, they managed. They just uh, put their arms out in the sun. They had a, a balcony, I bet you. Well, they would certainly have windows. I don't okay, know sure. There you go. So they get their vitamin D through the sun. Come on, Karen. From time to time, they also requested Copenhagen snuff. Uh, whoa, Havana cigars. And jars of petroleum jelly. Whoa, okay. Which Ida would massage onto her face for several hours each day. How do they know? Mary said so? I don't know. Who dead? Who is dead? Or maybe Ida, I guess, said so. By the way, just so in case you're wondering, the petroleum jelly, that was for my face. Just want to be very clear about that. (laughs) Ida was five feet tall. And this one thing said she weighed 70 pounds. Hmm. But I've also seen she weighed like 90 pounds. Like she was 93 and weighed 93 pounds or something So she was like skinny. That. So who knows? She was nearly deaf and very stooped over. Mm-hmm. It said, but her face still bore clear evidence of its former beauty. Uh, the, the lawyer said, you could see what an extraordinarily pretty woman she once was. Her complexion, in spite of her age, was as creamy and pink and unwrinkled as any as I have ever seen. Mm. Okay, okay, it was okay. like tinted ivory, like a lovely cameo. This man so, wants to fuck the granny. I, my my note here is Ida smoking hot. So I wish that I had been rubbing petroleum jelly on my face every day. Honestly, that is n- not bad. Because then if I wouldn't still, have wrinkles. Uh, Can late. I start now? No, nope. help. Too late. Test. I think so. Because if you're prone to milia, it's a no-go. Botox. Rub Botox. Milia are those little dots that you get on your face? Yeah. I have gotten one or two of those Me before. too. It's genetic. Yeah. Sorry about that. My sister had to help me get rid of it. Mine just went away. They do just go away, don't they? I don't know. <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> so. Anyhow, I'm going to try it, but I'm going to use Vicks. Okay. Yeah. You use Vicks. <laughs> oh, Everything's Vicks, like cures cancer, toe fungus. I mean, there's nothing it doesn't cure. It's like some people, it's the same about cannabis. She feels that like cannabis uh, and Vicks cannabis are cure alls for everything. Did wonders for our dog's little skin cancer. Didn't yes. keep her alive, though. Spots. No. Did, did well, because she didn't die of skin cancer. Maybe if you gave her Vicks, she'd be alive. So, okay, that's on you. Ooh. No, that was cannabis cream. Maybe if you gave her Vicks, Carrie, in addition to it, she'd be alive right now. So that wouldn't have been good. It was going to the bladder. Whatever helps you (laughs) sleep. Okay. And? Anyhow, Ida suddenly became very talkative as the undertaker was preparing her sister's body for removal. Scary. So this is how they found out some things about her. She said she had been a celebrated belle in the South, Mm. and she was a prominent socialite in the North. Hmm. She was married to Benjamin Wood, who was the brother of Fernando Wood, the former mayor of New York and several-time congressman. Hmm. I'm pretty sure her brother was also, he, uh, he at the very least, was in the New York State Senate. She, uh, besides claiming that she was very poor to the bellhop, had quite a lot of cash stashed in her bedroom. And she told them that. Okay. But at first, they all thought she was just senile, that all this stuff she was just making up about, you know, because Benjamin Wood and Fernando Wood, they were very prominent New Yorkers, so they didn't believe her. So Morgan O'Brien, the attorney, called his father, who confirmed that when he was a lawyer in the 1880s, he had known Ida Wood kind of well, both professionally and socially. Mm-hmm. How he, well? Well. He said she was beautiful, and and she was also known to be kind of business savvy, especially for a young woman in the day, and that she was indeed married to Benjamin Wood, who was now deceased. 
and he had been the owner of the New York Daily Wood, uh, New York <laughs> Daily News. Uh, New York Daily Wood would be a better name for that. <laughs> a certain kind of newspaper. This is different than the current New York Daily News. Oh, it's not the same paper. Well, that's disappointing. But in, and and that you know his brother had been Fernando Wood, the mayor of New you know York. The poor name for the New York Daily News would be what? The New York Daily, Daily Wood. Wood. <laughs> I thought that was obvious. Anyway, Morgan's father said he doubted that she was destitute because they were quite wealthy mm. back in the day, and he told his son that he should take her case whether she was able to pay him or not. Why? For publicity? Was that a thing back then? I've yeah. seen Pro- Chicago. Probably. Yeah. yeah. And, she, and she had been very prominent. What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what, the, the lawyer for the baby? What are you talking about? No, lawyers weren't doing free shit back then for Lindberghs. They could pay, man. I'm just the Lindbergh baby. Yeah, the Mongol invasion, obviously. Publicity <laughs> was a thing in the 1930s. One. I well, Ida Wood could pay. Yeah, she had some cash. Yes. So he decided he would work, take her case and started looking into her finances. <laughs> what was her case exactly? I'm yeah. not exactly sure. Probably that... Wrongful death? No. No, 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 no. no, no. But <laughs> her 90-year-old sister? Okay, no. She was uh, an elderly wealthy woman who needed somebody probably to take care of her affairs. Oh, okay. And like find point. out where she had bank accounts uh, yeah. or blah uh, yeah. or uh, holdings or... Yeah. Okay. And make sure that other people don't take advantage of True. her. True. And her will. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Estate planning. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Financial advisor. Yep. Um, so uh, a representative from Union Pacific... Oh, God. Uh, told him that the sisters owned about $175,000 worth of stock and hadn't cashed their dividends for at least a dozen years. Wow. What? Do you Noise. That's like some serious cash. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> that, um, oh, yeah, that's some serious cash. Yep. Especially $175,000 in 1931. That's what I mean. Do you yeah. get to just, you get it all? One, if you don't cash out your dividends, are you are years? you asking? Do you get it? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> do you get it? Or, yeah, it's your moolah. You, well, they probably were sending them checks, yeah. dividend checks. I don't know, oh, yeah. annually, monthly. I don't know Depends. how often. Quarterly, yeah, quarterly so maybe. They just got, uh, so they probably Ida. had stacks of checks somewhere, yeah. that, somewhere that they had never cashed. Yeah. And let me tell you, that's a whole rigmarole. It is indeed. It's a let me tell you. In 1931. You you can ask your Aunt Lisa about that process. Nope, not going to do that. (laughs) Um, Then he decided to look into the sale of the New York Daily News. And he learned that Ida sold the paper in 1901 to the publisher of the New York Sun for more than a quarter of a million dollars. Damn. In 1931. Oh, one. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, so that gets stuck in a bank somewhere making some sweet, sweet oh. interest or something like that. I don't know. That's probably at least... Well, not for long. Oh. An old acquaintance had said that she sold all of her valuable possessions that she had acquired over the years. Furniture, sculptures, paintings, tapestries, all that kind of stuff. An officer at the Guaranteed Trust Company remembered her coming into the bank in 1907 I guess there was a big fin- <coughs> financial panic. The panic of 1907, sure. Oh, my God. Are you saying this because you know this? No. Let's say yes. Oh. It says at the height of the financial panic. Yeah, there was one. Okay. There's a panic every six years or so back then. I mean, seriously. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Every Republican it's, president. It's called capitalism. It's the, seriously, it has a panic every few years. Back, it, uh, Completely unfettered capitalism had constant panics. Well, she was scared, and so she demanded all of the money in her account in cash. And stuffed all of it into a big bag, almost a million dollars. Damn. So she brought that to the hotel with her then. A million bucks cash. She declared that she was tired of everything. And that's when she checked into the Herald Square Hotel and basically disappeared for the With her her sister at the time, or her sister come later? And her daughter? With her sister. Yeah. Was it her her daughter daughter or her sister's daughter? Her daughter. Her daughter. So now we're going to find out where Ida came from in the beginning so wait she came to the hotel in 1907 how how was she i forgot her birth date if you you, i didn't say she was born in uh, 1838 though so 38 so she was 69 
So her daughter is presumably like, I don't know, in her 40s or something like that. that the daughter is the weirdest part of this equation. Yeah. Sure, it, mom, I'll come with you and Aunt Mary to live for the rest of my life in a dingy-ass hotel and change our sheets twice. Well, it, it sounds like her daughter yeah, didn't get married or anything. A very crazy Still, family. Still, man. They were all collectively very weird. A little yeah. Grey Gardens-ish. A little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little Edie. She yeah. Where's the pate? <laughs> Well, Ida first came to New York in 1857. That's too long ago. I can't. She was 19 at the 19. time. 19. She was a belle. Mm-hmm. She, she was a Southern South. belle. debutante from Georgia, South when Carolina. Louisiana. 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 Damn it. That was my next guess. She was determined to become a New York socialite. Okay. So she listened to, you know, the, the gossip. NPR? Oh. Studied the society pages. Learned how to dance the jitterbug. I don't know things about time. Well, she heard the waltz. Benjamin Wood's name frequently mentioned. He was a 37-year-old businessman and politician who was known for having extramarital affairs. Mm. What a great thing for your husband to be known for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, the- honey, you hear him famous? What is it, dear? Uh, nothing, never mind. I'm a great chess player. Yeah. <laughs> At the time, he was on his second wife, Delia. She decided she wanted to become his mistress. De- wait, uh, no. Ida did. Ida yes. did. Okay. She f- so she knew he was married. Yeah. She figured they would probably never cross paths in, you know, just going about their business. So she decided to write him a letter. Oh, I thought she yes. like arranged to bump into him on the street or something like that. No. That's, <laughs> the, that's the smarter way to do it. Like, oh, excuse me. And then like she drops her parasol and she turns around and picks up her parasol. I think you know what this goes to. Ida was direct. She said. Dear sir, I would like to suck you off. (laughs) May 28, 1857. Mr. Wood, sir, having heard of you often, I venture to address you from hearing a young lady, one of your former loves, speak of you. Mm. She says you are fond of new faces. (laughs) And other things, too. I would like to polish your wood. I fancy that as I am new in the city and in affairs de cour. I don't know what that means. Affairs of the the heart. heart. Oh, that I might contract oh. an agreeable intimacy oh. with you. Oh, wow. She was pretty direct. And the, Told you. after you said the word contract, there are a lot of ways that could have gone. And maybe he did, given his reputation. Also, um, syphilis. That's That was my point. That was kind of what, <laughs> what he did. Of as long duration as you saw fit to mm-hmm. have it. I believe that I am not extremely bad looking, nor disagreeable. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I ain't ugly. You can tap. <laughs> I smell okay. Perhaps tap not bad. And I know way, way around wood. Perhaps. I call me a carpenter. Sorry. Perhaps not quite as handsome as the lady with you at present. Wow. But I know a little more. Oh, my God. And there is an old saying, Damn. knowledge is power. Damn. Okay, girl, you're getting cliche. <laughs> Wrap it up. Still. If you she's would... sex in the city 150 years before sex in the city. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's Samantha Down. That's impressive. If you would wish an interview, address a letter to, I don't know. Ding, ding, ding. It doesn't say the actual address. Number 1331 Wallaby <laughs> <laughs> Number something Broadway. 1313 Dead End Drive. Stating uh-huh. what time we may meet. P.S. I have enclosed a pair of my crotchless knickers. <laughs> I know. So that's how you get dick in 1905. Yeah. I don't just, think that's the normal way. You say, hey, carrier pigeon. Whisper, whisper, whisper. <laughs> This was 1857. Okay, that was right. very. Shit, he's like sorry. he is fully engorged just reading this letter at that time. He's well, like guaranteed. I said, he's even like, though what the fuck this is happening? Even though okay. he was married to a second wife, he did wish an interview. Yeah, he did. And he addressed it. He was pleasantly surprised to find that she wasn't bad looking at all. Hmm. I like that. I, I'm not as hot as your current. No, but well, I took. I can do certain things. Yep, under promise, over deliver. There you go. There you go. She knew what she was doing. Like delivery drivers. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and the time, you know how they say they say they're yeah, gonna, it's going to take a little bit longer yeah, than it might. Yeah, so when yeah, they are yeah. here a little earlier, they're like, "Oh my god, yay!" Comcast does that too. <laughs> Here's an outage in your area. It's going to last seven hours, and like an hour later, it's over. And you think, "Oh my god, that's right. really no, no." And in fact, you had no power or no cable for an hour, and that's bullshit. Sorry. Anyway, but I'm right. Ida was a slim girl with long black hair and sad, languorous eyes. Languorous Languorous eyes. eyes. (laughs) And a Brazilian. She told Benjamin she was the daughter of Henry Mayfield, a Louisiana sugar planter, 
and Anne Mary Crawford, a descendant of the Earls of Crawford, whoever they were. <sighs> Everybody knows Earls the Earls. You guys, she sounded more and more like that girl in school who had a boyfriend that went to another <laughs> school. And he's going to visit. But then on the he's plane, in college. he doesn't. Like, he breaks his arm and he can't come anymore. Like, yep. girl. He's at Harvard Law. Prove it. I want to pick. Well, Benjamin didn't care. She became his mistress immediately. Mm. And then 10 years later, in Damn. 1867, after his wife finally dies. Yeah. Finally. At they the ripe old age of 47. I know. They had a daughter. Well, no, because at the time she was, what, 29 when they well, finally got married. You know, so she was young. Untreated syphilis that he gave yep. to her, I'm sure. No, the, the, the oh, wife the, what, died. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty young. They had a daughter, <laughs> Emma. On whom they doted, mm. and nobody really paid attention to the fact that she was born before they got married. Well, one didn't then, did they? Well, actually, yes, they did. Yes, Never mind. they okay. did. As Li- the, uh, Lindbergh, baby, go. As the mistress and then wife of Mr. Wood, she, of course, had access to New York's social elite. Sure, it was big time. She danced with the Prince of Wales during his 1860 visit to I New York. I bet she did. He also was a well-known womanizer. Uh, during the presidential campaign, mm. she met Abraham Lincoln mm. and his opponent, whose name escapes me, but you should know. His opponent for presidency or Senate? What year? Presidency, 1857. 1860 or 61, 60. something like that. In the presidential race? Yeah. Yes. That would be uh, Douglas MacArthur. Now it would no. be Stephen Douglas. <laughs> Not Douglas. No. Stephen Douglas. Stephen Douglas. Are you sure? Positive. He was his opponent in the Senate race of 1850 and for presidency in 1860. Oh, huh. He was a primary. He was the Democratic uh, nominee. Anyway. Fuck with me in political history because bring it. Bring it. I don't recall that being I'll come at you like a spider monkey. Anyway, uh, Abraham Lincoln had stopped in New York on his way from Illinois to Washington. Oh, it was after. He was president-elect. So 64? No. No, 1860. Why did he say this? Anyway, reporters called her a belle of New Orleans and just thought she was beautiful. Every afternoon around four o'clock with two liveried footmen, she went for a carriage ride. Tits out. She was famous. To the Manhattan Club where she would call on her husband, Benjamin. He would come out of the club and join her and they would sit in the carriage as they rode along Fifth Avenue Tilting her fringed parasol, just like you said. Mm-hmm. She did have a parasol. You know, she's, baby. you know she's doing the other hand? Dean. Well, I mean, Carrie, she had Jesus. a reputation. She had to maintain that rep. It sounds like they had a lovely marriage. I'm sure they did. Like they really loved each other and they were very happy. There was a huge issue, however. Ida was great at saving money. Benjamin, on the other hand, Mm. (laughs) he was pretty careless with money. Good thing he made a lot of money. That's what you got to hide the money from him, then. And he was an avid gambler. Oh, that's not good. He played cards for very high stakes, one time even wagering the daily news. Woof. Luckily, he won that hand. He meant just a newspaper, an issue, not the whole entire thing. He meant the whole entire thing. Oh, okay. He would often write letters to Ida apologizing for his bad gambling habits, signing them. Unfortunately for you, your husband, Ben. <laughs> Why, didn't they live in the same house? Yeah, but just he, tell her that. Well, By the way, I almost lost the paper. Mm-hmm. My bad. But then, of course, the next day he'd be right back at the gambling hall where he would sometimes win and sometimes lose large sums of money at roulette. One time he came home, woke Ida up, spread $100,000 across their bed, and giddily insisted she count it. So she figured out ways to deal with her husband's gambling addiction. Lots of times she would wait outside the club. So if he won, she was there and she would demand half of his winnings. If he lost, she charged him for making her wait. She Hmm. promised not to interfere with his gambling as long as he continued to give her half of everything he won. Mm. He put all of his property in her name. He got to the point where he would ask her for money (laughs) and she gave it to him in exchange for a controlling interest in his newspaper. Jesus H. Ida. She's a smart woman. Mm -hmm. So she developed an interest in the newspaper and started writing for it. So she wrote 
for the paper for a while, she became one of the first female publishers wow. in the newspaper industry. I'm assuming a lot of recipes and maybe some features, some soft, soft features on debutantes, that kind of thing. I have no idea what oh, she wrote so about. Next. I was making a joke. I was making a misogynist joke. I know. We know. Benjamin died in 1900. And the New York Times wrote, it was said yesterday that Mr. Wood possessed no real estate and that his personal property was of small value, hmm. which was true because everything was in Ida's name. I wonder if wow, uh, what the inheritance tax, if there's any kind of inheritance tax at the time, and that really was a little more of an, a tax avoidance thing than it was her, you know, forcing him to, to give her everything. I don't know. I'm just, I don't I, know either. I'm speculating, but it, it, it could be some mythology around that. Well, right? That'd be one way of doing it to avoid inheritance tax. Presumably, you're a younger, much younger wife, right? She was 18 years younger than Yeah. Her. And I'm assuming there were not, um, community property was not a thing back then. I, was, I don't know. I'm not an early American tax l- lawyer. You're uh, not? No. I thought you were. No. Anyway, she was a wealthy widow. By now, she traveled the world, wore extravagant clothes and jewelry, had her own money and property in her name. She was well-respected, and somehow she ended up in that hotel room. Wait, we don't know. Yeah, we do know. She said, fuck it, I'm done. I know. I'm out. Just, that's it. She became paranoid, Yeah. Yeah, basically, is what happened. And her mental state began to deteriorate, but it was mostly the financial panic of 1907. Oh, so she lost a lot of money. And she was overwhelmed. So she withdrew all the money in her name, like we said before, from the banks, Mm. sold her real estate, and that's when she sold the newspaper. And so, I mean, she had basically a million dollars in the bank. I don't know how many millions that would be today. Probably hundreds of millions, right? I can tell. Wow. Maybe not hundreds of millions, but tens of millions for sure. She also would have, well, that's interesting because this is before the FDIC. So when you the bank went under, you, you lost everything. Yeah. So that would, we, yeah. so she's probably paranoid about that. Yeah. 28 million. Oh, shoot. I undervalued that. I mean, I overvalued that. Hi. How so? I thought it would have been hundreds of millions. Seven trillion dollars. <laughs> Well, so the lawyer sent, a, you know, an underling over back to the hotel. Wow, Carrie. How about an associate, a <laughs> colleague, but now an underling, a peon, a, a nobody, a loser, a well, this, piece of shit. This guy's name was Harold Wentworth. And you know his name, I yes. see. But he's an underling to you, Carrie. A little bit elitist. And when he would go to the hotel to visit with Ida, he would bring her fresh roses every fresh. every oh. time. Sometimes she would put them in a tin can of water. Other times she just snapped off the buds and tossed them over her shoulder. Jeez, lady. <laughs> she said, fuck, I'm going to do with this. They also hired two private detectives to stay in the room next door to her and keep a 24-hour watch over her. For why? I don't she never know. Leaves. So this is after she's been, her sister's died. She's yeah. been discovered. What were they? She's I don't know. Discovered. You they, know what I mean? I, I mean, essentially. That's a funny way. She disappeared from the world, effectively. Um, Me as hell. Catch me. Because she was a a pretty well-known person. If she's the publisher of a big newspaper and the widow of a famous rich guy, I mean, she'd be fairly well-known. Yeah, but it had been 24 years and she just got out of sight. When she disappeared, she was a big deal. You think that would have been stories and like, where is Ida? Yeah, I don't know. Probably locally. Well, well, yeah, locally here's New York, so yeah, I know. If it's in New York, they all they think everything that's important to them is important to everyone in the world. It's well, New York for seven years between 1900 after her husband died in 1907. She was traveling and doing all that kind of stuff. So, Ooh, okay. was, you know, she could have been Word. out of the country for a good portion she was in of the Monaco, time. probably. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, Harold would go visit her while she smoked one of her slender Reefers? Havana oh. cigars. Slathering her face with petroleum jelly. That seems like a fire hazard. <laughs> Complaining she can't hear. No. It's oil based. Petroleum jelly. It's going to catch on fire. Her it's whole face. Oh, well, it's, it's not still, flammable. I still it's feel not like flammable. it's. I wouldn't do it. She complained she couldn't hear. So Harold would be shouting at her about uncashed dividend checks, hoarded cash, the possibility of robbery, which is probably why they had the detective oh, staying next door. Okay. 
and how she really should let the maid come in to, to clean her rooms. Every <laughs> single day, or at least once a week. So at this point, you know, they were trying to keep it kind of quiet, but news of Ida being in the hotel did get out. And one day, a man named Otis Wood came to Morgan O'Brien's office. Oh. He identified himself as the son of Fernando Wood. Hmm. He wants the monies. And therefore a nephew of Ida's. And he said he would like to help take care of her. Oh, my God. I don't like this at all. Well, the firm took him, his three brothers, and several of their children as clients. Jesus. Because they knew how much money was at stake here. Soon, Benjamin Wood's son from his first marriage and some of his children also came forward and hired their own lawyers. Uh, For what? Are they trying to get her money? Yeah. What bastards? There were over 1,100 claimants arguing that her money belonged to them. That makes no sense. So, like, she shouldn't have, because she got it from... Benjamin Wood, her husband, she shouldn't uh-huh. have had it. It's actually ours because we were his direct family kind of Well, everything. she doesn't have any heirs, right? Her mm. sister, I mean, her her daughter is dead. Yeah. So yeah, but she could, I mean, the that's... Money that came, that she oh. can give it to whoever she wants in her will. Yeah. She can yeah. give it to the Humane Society if she yeah. wanted to. And yeah. should have, given that the fact these sound like a bunch of assholes. Yeah. Well, they all agreed... She could give it to a cat. Just fund a bunch of local newspapers. There you go. Yeah, well, they all agreed that the best way to help her was to have her declared incompetent. Jesus. And in September 1931, she was. No, this is like Britney's yeah. beard all over again. Well, this is back when you can have a woman declared incompetent yeah. by pretty much just writing something out on a napkin. Yeah. And, and it, it was legally. Blinded. They actually did find a will. Um, I forget it was dated. I think it was dated in the late 1800s. And it named her heirs as uh, her sister Mary and her daughter Emma. They're Oops. dead. So they were both dead. Dead as hell. So that didn't help. No. But she's, at this point, she could have easily made a will. Her lawyer should have said, look, there's a bunch of people going after your money. I, I mean, he should have known they'd probably try to have her declared incompetent. Yeah. You yeah. need to make a will ASAP that doesn't, do, that puts none of them on it. And that'll disincentivize them from going after her. Yeah. Well, I guess it wouldn't disincentivize going after her money, but at least it'd be harder for them to get it. Yeah. yeah. Protection. Well, they they did hire some nurses to come help her, and they moved her to a a suite of rooms directly below the ones that she was living in because they were so dirty and gross. They just burned that entire floor. She cried as they were escorting her downstairs, Mm. saying, why? I can take care of myself. Which she could. Yeah. She'd been there for a long time. 90 years. Well, after they moved her out, probably another reason was they wanted to search it. Which they did. Inside an old shoebox, they found $247,200 in cash. Jeez. That was what's left from the million? Mostly in $1,000 and $5,000 bills. Yeah, it's still weird how back when money was worth way more, they had much bigger denominations in, in circulation than they do now. What so was she weird. ever going to do with $1,000 and $5,000 bills? They, people... Go to Sotheby's. You'd be surprised. They I mean, were in circulation. Here, kid, take it to the store well, and, and get my crackers. And <laughs> no, but you go to banks and things like that and spend them. They were those. Now the highest bill they they have in circulation is a hundred dollar bill. But back then there were a thousand, five thousand. Yeah, there was once a hundred thousand dollar bill. I don't think that was in circulation. But well, they thought that that was all that two hundred forty seven thousand dollars. But then the next day, when a nurse tunneled a hand up Ida's dress while she slept, hold on. What the? Do you want to say that again? Just gonna glaze over that. Just say that again. Start. Start. Say a that. nurse tunneled her hand. Tunneled her hand up Ida's dress Do while we... she slept. She found an oilcloth pocket holding five hundred thousand dollars in ten thousand dollar bills. Oh my god! So she was always sleeping with uh-huh. the greatest part of her fortune. There yeah. So far. So that's Good about seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. So unless they didn't find it, so they spent a quarter million dollars, twenty four years. Yeah, I'm sorry, two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. yeah, quarter million. So that would be about ten thousand dollars a year, roughly. Yeah. Jeez. Well, so then they they That's examined. That's doable. That's a lot of evaporated milk. Yeah. A lot of tips. Ten cent tips. Dime tips. I mean, yeah, I think they had more money than <laughs> they didn't look hard enough. I think they people might have lifted a little bit because they should have had a lot more money. It's very possible. Yes. They looked in those fifty four trunks. Some were stored in the basement of the hotel, and some were in a warehouse. 
but in them they were like fine lace from Ireland, Venice, and Spain, a bunch of exquisite gowns, necklaces, watches, bracelets, tiaras. Maybe that's where all the money went. Uh, Maybe. Yep. Um, Several thousand... $5,000 $5,000 and $10,000 gold certificates dating back to the 1860s. Okay, there you go. So more money there. Jesus. Jesus H. A gold-headed ebony stick, which was a wood family heirloom that had been a gift from President James Monroe. Can we still make a claim on this? Is it, is it too late? <laughs> it is too late. Oh, damn it. An 1867 letter from Charles Dickens hmm. to Benjamin Wood. Wow. Those trunks were taken to Harriman National Bank, where the contents were placed in vaults. And in an old box of stale crackers, they discovered a diamond necklace worth $40,000. I would look through every empty can of evaporated milk and box of crackers in that entire hotel room at that point. Well, they went so far as to dig up her sister's coffin. Oh, she thought she snuck some stuff in her dress? Yep. But they didn't find anything. Uh, no. There was nothing there. That's disrespectful. Yeah, yes. it is, but it's necessary. Yep. So then, no, of not. course. I believe it is. Not for money. Fuck your money. Leave it in the ground, bitch. Same. Some would have, if they didn't do it, someone else would have illegally. So no. it's really for the best. No. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, reporters. Oh, you should have had it be where they, when they dug it up. She had scratches on the top on the, <laughs> no. of the coffin. That <laughs> no, would have been fabulous. What if she had one of those anti-burial live coffins? Yeah. With, with the, the ring-a-ding bell. With the in bell. the movie with yeah. the intruders being killed, we're going to have uh, Mary buried alive. Okay? Or the I'm bellows. saying that. Okay. Anyway. Her, her fingernails are to a nub. They're all, they bl- dried blood on all of her fingernails. Yeah. Calm down, Poe. When nurses would bring her food, she'd ask, how much did this cost? If the answer was more than a dollar, she pushed it away and said, it's too much. Take it back. I won't eat it. I, I hate misers. <laughs> she wanted her, her crackers and bacon. It's like, bitch, you have hundreds of thousands of dollars yes. stowed away in your raggedy dress. Yeah. When, sometimes, sometimes when the nurses weren't looking, she would go over to an, a partially open window and would, she'd try to scream outside. <laughs> You know, it, this was, I guess, Herald Square. There was lots of traffic below. She'd yell, help, help, I'm a prisoner. Get me out of here. <laughs> Bitch, what if somebody took you seriously? They would come up and do the last thing you want. It would have been yeah. hilarious. And then they'd try to help her, and she'd, and she'd say, what's your name? And they'd say, I love the name, and they'd get $100,000 in a will. So. Uh-huh. Other times, she treated the nurses nicely and would confide things in them. And, you know, get sharing memories. She told them she was a Mayfield and that they used to spell it M-A-I-F-I-E-L-D in the old days. She said she grew up in New Orleans, a wonderful city. Her mother had a very good education. She spoke German, Spanish, and Italian and Uh wanted Ida to be educated, too. So she sent her to a boarding school in New Orleans. I don't know why if she lived there, didn't yeah. why she'd have to go to a yeah, just boarding a school there. But bugger. that's how it was. Bugger. Back then. I out guess of the house. it was. I annoyed the shit out of her. So letters from her southern Mayfield relatives began to pour in. Uh, yep. Ida was too blind to read them herself, but they were all and then uh they were also getting letters from Crawford's claiming Good that Lord. they could prove that they were related through her, the branch of the Earls of Crawford. So the lawyer is reading these letters to her saying, please give this nice young man $100,000 cash to come bring to me. He's, oh, that's what it says, Ida. So you should just give me the money. I'll bring it to her. Trust me. And boom. If if these people identified themselves, they would ask Ida if she had ever heard of the writers. And Ida would always say, I've never heard of them. Hmm. Well, yeah, right. because she's 90 years old. The, the yep. third generation. She hasn't been in contact with them for 75 years or 71. I don't know. Well, I think Ida was real sad at this point, probably because she was alone and her, you know, her daughter and her sister were gone. Yeah. So she was basically just waiting to die. She didn't bother to dress. She wore a nightgown and ragged slippers all day. She stopped fighting them. When they, I guess they kept trying to take her temperature and stuff like that. And she was real stubborn, but she just lost her will. She had nothing left. And, uh, except so $700,000. Well, yeah. So 
She finally died on March 12th, 1932. And then the lawyers finally unraveled the truth. So she lived on for eight more life. years being tended to by lawyers. You said 1932? Yeah. Her, so she came out of the hotel in 1924, I thought, right? No, her oh. sister died in Oh, 31, my bad. After 24 so, years. Like, not even a year. Okay. They found out that her father wasn't Henry Mayfield, the prominent Louisiana sugar planter mm-hmm. at all, but Thomas, Wal- Thomas Walsh, a poor Irish immigrant who had settled in Walden, Massachusetts. <sighs> oh, not Walden, Malden. So she's a complete fraud. Yep. Yep. See what I, I mean? Like Her it. boyfriend goes to another school. <laughs> in the 1840s. <laughs> in fact, she was born in, in Ireland. And, oh. and she and her sister Mary, I think, were both born in Ireland. And the family came over together. Her <sighs> mother had very little formal education. Yeah. Grew up in the slums of Dublin. Dublin. Ida's real name was Ellen Walsh. And when she was in her teens... She adopted the last name Mayfield because she liked the sound of it. Oh, my God. And misspelled it with an I. Yeah. <laughs> and her sister, Mary, did the same thing, mm-hmm. took, took her name, too. Emma was her daughter, supposedly, with Benjamin, Benjamin Wood. Wasn't actually her daughter at all. Really? But her youngest sister. Oh. And clearly her husband knew about this. Yeah. One, one story that I read said that Emma was... Benjamin's daughter by another woman. Mm. But I don't think that's true at all. I think she really was her sister. Her sister from another mister? Yes. So, towards the end of Ida's life, she shared one final memory with her nurses. She said when she was a young girl, she noticed a sign in a storefront window that said, Your future and fortune told. She saved up enough money to go in. A penny. And the old gypsy seer. Yikes. They were for Romani. Look, well, not, not back in those days. They did. They just weren't called that. Looked at her palms and said, my dear, you're going to be a very lucky girl. You're going to marry a rich man and get everything you want out of this life. Yeah, that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> she made it. That's as factual as everything in an autobiography. Well, they... Yeah, she did, but that never happened. Discovered that... All of these uh, Woods and Mayfields and Crawfords were not actually related <laughs> to Ida. Oh, yeah. So they did search for her rightful heirs. And, the Irish Walshes? And they found 10 people in Ireland, England. Oh, my God. And some in the United States. And they were each sent a check for... One thing I read from the New York Times said $55,000. This is 1932. Uh-huh. And Jeez. another said... Depra- oh, my God. Can you imagine? Or maybe a couple years later. It probably That'd took them still. a while to track everybody down. In the depths of the Depression, you suddenly get $50,000. Yeah. I mean, well, it was either 55000 or 90000 okay, I also so. saw 90000 that, that's, that's, that's several million dollars. But there's also yeah. quite a chunk of change missing there. There's a ton. Well, that's called yeah. lawyers. Yep. So, not surprising. Yeah. Lawyers and nurses and oh my. private detectives. Oh, my. Yep. That's, uh, so she was just a complete, she just decided. She just made it all up. That's a brilliant idea, though, right? Yeah. To be, you're a debutante, you're from high yeah. society. Yeah. That's how you get into high society, and you well, make yourself available, and she did. And you so. write a very blunt letter. Yeah. <laughs> to a prominent businessman. If only we could do that now in 2020. Yeah. Well, you could. N- not with the internet. That's true. Damn it. Damn yeah, it's, damn it's, internet. it's harder it's to nearly make, make it up and not be discovered. Everybody's going to find your Facebook post from 2011. Talk about Kesha. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> found out. And that's it. That's um, It's quite a story, Carrie. I know. Mm-hmm. I had a crazy. I She's like great. She said, like, you know what? Get me a little bit of that cash from these rich assholes. Yeah. I'd have been friends with her. (laughs) It sounds like, I mean, nothing that I read said one way or the other, but I like to think that they had a happy marriage. Sure, why not? That they made it work. I mean, he was down to lie about her younger sister being his daughter. Oh, that stuff happened all the time. I'll bet you. 
You're, now you're casting aspersions on uh, a century, the 19th century. That's great. Usually it's I mean, usually it's parents raising, you know, their teenage yes. daughter's baby as their daughter. As their daughter. Yeah. Oh, a surprise. Yeah. Well, I think what I happened you had menopause three years ago. No, it turns out false <laughs> alarm. I had read after she moved to New York, she I don't know, her parents must have split up or something because her father ended up in San Francisco. He died in San Francisco fairly young at like 54 or something like that. And Ida brought her mom and Mary and Emma to live in New York. They lived in Brooklyn. And then I don't know, maybe when her mom died or something, because they, the lawyers found, they found like lots of letters and records and receipts and stuff in, in Ida's papers. And so they found like receipts for an, you know, undertakers for her father's burial and then a burial of a 13-year-old boy with the last name Walsh, mm. who was clearly her younger brother who drowned oh. back in Massachusetts. Damn. And yeah, so she was paying for those things. Hmm. Yeah. So she was in touch with the family. Yeah. She stayed in touch with the family. Yeah, apparently. Okay. All right. Secrets. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, thank you, Carrie, for that You're delightfully welcome. entertaining story <laughs> of the shut-in of New York. Mm -hmm. That's well, that's not a good title. We'll, we'll work on that. No. We're going to workshop that. But thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> ah, that's it. Anything else? Nope. Okay. Nothing to add. Thank you for listening. That's a strange one. I never heard of that story. Me neither. Let's make it. I think it'd be Hallmark Hall of Fame movie right there. Boom. Let's that's, cast it. Go. Yeah. Who's Ida? Ida, I'm going to go with. Um, Brittany Snow. What? Brittany oh. Snow. I don't even know how that is. Um, I'm going to go. If it was a few years earlier, it could have been Jessica Tandy. Well, there'll be young Ida and old Ida. So Jessica Tandy, or her ghost, as old Ida. <laughs> and young Jessica Ida Tandy. could be... Oh, no, Shirley MacLaine. Shirley MacLaine. Yep, she's a good old Ida. Okay. Mm -hmm. Young Ida would be what? How old is young Ida? Young Ida could be... Young Ida could be Prue from Charmed. She's Doherty. too old. Oh, um, And no. not acting Holly anymore, Marie Combs. So. No. That's Piper. Piper, Piper. Piper. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't know my really? charmed sisters, but uh, yeah. Why not? She does that kind of thing. No, she she's too work. old. She needs. Oh, really? Oh, the 19 year old Ida. Yeah. No, we got a 19 year old oh, Ida. 19. We got a. Oh, we got a 30, 40 ish year old. I could even follow her through. Ronan, perfect. Okay, Sarah she's Ronan. 19 year old Ida. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Holly Marie comes for 40 year old Ida. Yes. No. I just want to. I care. I, I want to get oh. her work. She needs a job, and I, we're trying to help her why out here. I don't know. Because she's bad mouth in the new charmed. Oh, is she? Yeah. I'm okay with that. Why? I don't None know. None of your business. He <laughs> <laughs> bad mouth the old charm too, so they're not on the same yeah. side. Not a fan. Hello, where can they find us? <laughs> <laughs> Weird World Podcast on everywhere on the internet and Instagram and Facebook and at gmail.com. Thank you, Carrie. You're welcome, Dean. Goodbye, everyone. Until next time, keep it weird. Ew. <laughs> Have right. fun. Don't Thank die. You. Thank you. Don't oh. die? What? That's just the truth. It's 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's not a good way to end this. It might be 2021 by hey, now. Hey, as Matthew McConaughey would say, keep on living.